0: Want to stream Cognitive Dissonance to your Android or iPhone? Buy the app. Go to DissonancePod.com and click on the link on the right-hand side of the page. Each purchase helps support the show. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason.
1: Recording from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way, we bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is episode 196 of Cognitive Dissonance, and we are joined by the inimitable David Smalley from the Dogma Debate podcast. Or it's not a podcast. Dogma Debate Show.com. <laughs> <dot> <laughs> show. <laughs> I always want to say
2: You're podcast, best, but it's a Tom. live
1: broadcast, so Jesus, it's not really a podcast man. in the traditional sense. I already <laughs> fucked it up. We're like a minute I don't in. Know and why
2: I'm surprised that that is the worst uh. intro I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am. I just hope this thing does not last any longer uh-huh. than seven minutes. I,
3: Let me tell you. <laughs> Seven minutes is the
2: mark. Seven minutes Ah. for
1: me would be doubling my standard Ah. time. So (laughs) I actually am uh, kind of flattered, to be perfectly honest. That's fucking Um, great. So, you know, we we wanted to have you on the show. You recently had a uh, podcast-a-thon, a a um, -a 24-hour enhanced interrogation of several- uh,
2: Broadcast-a-thon. (laughs) Broadcast-a-thon. Thank (laughs)
1: Thank you. Just keep fucking it up, Tom. Just keep fucking it up. Uh, Would you expect anything different, really, (laughs) from me? I mean- this is the fucking, this is literally the best you get, guys. This is it. So and you were raising money for uh, Foundation Beyond Belief, um, and I, I have to say you would have failed miserably had uh, cognitive dissonance not swooped <laughs> into your rescue at the uh, penultimate moment, like six hours right. in. I don't really think that's how the penultimate moment works. But uh, tell us a little bit about the pod- uh, broadcast-a-thon. Not podcast-a-thon. That would be fucking wrong. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about it and, uh, you know,
2: how it went, which money you made, how much of it you're sending it to me, you know. Yeah, yeah, no. So we, we made zero money. Good. I want to be clear about that. Uh, but, yeah, you know, we, you know the, the listeners really blew us away. Um, the amount of support we received uh, w- was just phenomenal. We originally set the goal. Uh, we originally talked about the goal being at 5000 And the reason I got to that number is I asked uh, Dale at Foundation Beyond Belief. I said, you know, um, what what did they make last year when they did a twenty four hour thing similar to this? And I think the number was around sixteen hundred. And I said, well, what's the most you've ever done in twenty four hours? And he said thirty eight hundred. And I said, okay, well then we're gonna blow their minds and do five grand. Like I want both records. I want the record from last year's nonstop uh, podcast thing, and then I want. Also, your personal twenty-four hour record. So let's go five thousand. And two days before, uh, they said, "Hey, can you guys double it?" And so we were like, "Uh, yeah, I guess." So yeah, we doubled the goal to ten thousand, and said, "That's what we're going to try to do. We're going to try to hit ten grand." And we were we were very very nervous. We thought, you know, this is not going to work. And so. Um it's good we, that you
1: went into it with, with high expectations yeah, and optimism. Yeah,
2: <laughs> of course. You know, And we were, we were, <laughs> we were, we were, we were terrified. And so, uh, you know, we had a couple of great hours there. And our whole plan was, you know, we're going to keep track of who brings in the most cash uh, and then kind of do a little competition thing. Because when, when, when Foundation Beyond Believe first approached me to do this, they said, why don't you do a 24-hour show the same time the Friendly Atheist does a 24-hour show and you guys will compete with each other. Oh, And I was like, well, you know, that really wouldn't be fair to Hemant.
1: Well, and it's a terrible idea, actually, (laughs) because you're competing for the Like, it's the one time that, like, this audience would be split, like, competing for
2: listeners. Like, why would you want to do that? Well, I wouldn't say terrible. I would say I came up with something slightly more efficient. And I said, why don't instead we do one show that's mine and we have 24 guests on and each one of them compete with each other. And Dale was like... Genius. Love it. Let's go with it. And so instead of competing with Hemant, we made Hemant our final guest and said, OK, this is this is what we're going to do. So, um, you know, just a few hours in uh, for, for the listeners that, that heard it, they already know. But basically what happened is, man, you know, uh, we had a guy in studio who happens to be my chief information officer named Philip. He pulls a thousand dollars cash out of his pocket and says, let's make this interesting. I'll match for the next hour. And immediately this guy George calls in is like, bam, count me in. Here's another thousand. So we were at two grand during David Fitzgerald's hour. They were totally cheating for the guy. And so uh, Todd Stiefel calls in right after that, right after that hour's up. And he's like, I'm not going to let David Fitzgerald outdo me. So he starts offering to double and triple match and the donations aren't coming in very fast. So he gets super cocky and goes, "Well, then let's go sex tuple match." Uh, and oh, so man. he's like, "I just I like that word. It's a dirty word sex tuple." And so, <laughs> and so the, dona- the donations at that point started pouring in, and um, he ended up in his hour writing a check just on his own for ten thousand six hundred fifty five dollars to match all the donations just in that hour. And so wow. uh, that blew us away. And, <laughs> and then right after that... You guys show up, and you do your own match, and it just it got out of control, and it was so crazy because we ended up in the twenty four hour period raising uh, over thirty one thousand dollars for Foundation Beyond Belief, and not just that, an outside group did a twenty thousand dollar match, so it ended up being a total of fifty one thousand six hundred dollars for Foundation. Holy Beyond Belief.
3: shit! Yeah, yeah. There, that from what from what Dale was saying they're only uh they're they're within reach of their next year's budget of $75,000 and they could they could reach it before the end of the year
2: exactly exactly the, the whole point of this was this was supposed to be a good kickstart to give them a first good 10 grand toward their 75,000 and we've already helped them hit fifty one of the seventy five, and the year hasn't started yet. So so yeah, that was pretty exciting. Yeah. And I do have to say, you were joking earlier about you guys getting credit. We went back and tallied everything up. And, you know, Todd Stiefel's just too studly to be counted, right? That's amazing. With, with, yeah, with that's what amazing. he came in and did, just blew everything out of the water. But of all of the normal human beings. <laughs> 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 once we once we kissed Todd's feet and said thank you atheist Jesus and and he moved along. You guys actually raised the most money during your segment.
3: Oh man, that's amazing. Yeah, you were that's amazing. Were number one, right behind the man. We yeah. had uh, a, a little help right beforehand. We had Tom and I had pledged a thousand bucks apiece, but then uh, we had a person who sent in five hundred dollars just out of nowhere sent sent me a message on Facebook and said, "Hey, I'd love to participate. Please don't use my name. Uh, I'm sort of a closeted atheist." And we just called him Glory Holio, the masked <laughs> philanthropist. And he he wound up delivering a five hundred extra dollars. So we were able to match. We were able to match uh, twenty five hundred bucks. We actually didn't reach our goal either. We totally wanted to get you five grand, but we only came we came we came up short. We got I think it was like forty six hundred or something. Yeah, total tally with our with our money thrown in. That's well, a real guys,
1: shame. We, re- I'm used to coming up short, though. That's not surprising. <laughs>
2: well, we we yeah. really appreciate it, and you guys still ended up being first place, right behind Todd. So I, I'll I'll always remember that, and you guys are definitely going to be invited to join us next year for sure. But I, did did you uh, happen to listen after after your your party? I did. I did, I had to drive home, so I didn't listen.
3: Um, I didn't listen directly after. I listened for a few seconds after, maybe like five or ten minutes because okay. both Tom and I were cleaning up Glory Hole Studios while we were putting stuff away. So then we left but we had heard that right afterwards you guys had to read a 21 Glory Hole
2: <laughs> salute. <laughs> Much worse my <laughs> wife. My wife <laughs> is reading them. And let me just tell you she had no idea what the word <laughs> Oh no. That's amazing. Oh, she's just she's just Glory Hole this Glory Hole and I'm looking at her with my mouth just <laughs> dropping I'm like what are you doing? She's like it's part of the dedication <laughs> honey. And everybody's just like stop don't mess her up don't stop her i'm like why are they doing this to me it was like every cognitive dissonance fan was just digging it in and loved it and i thought it was hilarious afterwards afterwards at some point during the show i said do you know what that is she said no and don't tell me until i'm finished because she didn't want to know until she was done that's actually exactly how the glory hole works
3: i (laughs) I was just gonna say say that i was just yeah. Well, you got I mean on a show where sex tuple is the dirtiest yeah. thing you can say, I think that this is this is one of those moments that you just got to love. Well, I mean, so. I think
2: I think people listen I think my listeners listen to me on your show for the same reason people go see like Bob Saget do stand up
4: yeah. <laughs> right? Like they, they know that's him right. as
2: like this clean, straight guy who's going to be really respectful. And then, yeah. you know, five minutes into his stand up, he's talking about, you know, blowing some guy for crack. And you're just like, whoa, yeah. that is not the family guy <laughs> I know. That, that's why they listen to me on this show. We just haven't yeah, figured out why they yeah. listen to us on our
3: show. So, yeah, <laughs> we, have to, we have to figure that out first. That's amazing, though. And, and you had, some, you had some, uh, a lot of great guests. I know I came back. Uh, and I listened to a little bit before I went to sleep. And then I I got a little bit of sleep, but then was woken up in the middle of the night and I decided to listen. And I actually caught Andy Wilson, who I thought, uh, in my opinion, Andy Wilson's hour was one of the best hours. You guys were completely out of it. Yeah. You were you were uh, it was it had to be five or six in the morning. You guys were all just zoned out. And Andy brought uh, a bunch of clips and was just having a fun time doing a little quiz show. Incredulous. And it was it was a really good time, and then I stayed up for a scathing atheist and a few other people that were on, and it, it was you guys did a, a hell of a job. Why, do you, why did you decide to do the the 24 hours staying up? It's like an old timing, like I'm going to dance all night sort of thing going on. what is that about?: yeah,
2: It was reminding me of like Bob Dole. Bob Dole's going to stay up for 72 hours yeah. until Bob Dole's president. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but really, you know I, I first thought of the idea two years ago. Um, there's a guy here locally on, on a radio station in Dallas called 1310 The Ticket. And there's a guy that uh, his name is Norm Hitchkiss, and he does what he calls the Normathon. And it's so cool because he comes up to the studio and he stays in the studio 24 hours, does not leave and raises a bunch of money for an organization that helps kids get off the street. And it's called the I think it's called the Texas Can Academy. Basically, you donate old beat up cars, and then they sell those cars at auction, and all that money goes to like house and feed and educate kids who are either in you know juvenile detention or or homeless or whatever. And so uh, it's a really cool organization. And he does this you know twenty four hour normathon. And so two years ago when I heard him do that, I thought you know I could totally do that. And then I thought you know I'll put something together during my show one of these days to do something. And then when they came up with the previous year's podcastathon for Foundation Belief, I thought, man, that's exactly what I should have done. That's what I was kind of working for, but I never really put the plans together. That was kind of my idea and they kind of beat me to it. So, oh, well. And then this year, Dale contacted me and said, hey, we did it last year with this other group. Would you like to try it this year? And I was like, absolutely. Five grand. And we ended up doing uh, 51. And so... We set the bar pretty high, and, you know, I have so much thanks and gratitude to the listeners and to you guys and everyone else who, who did matches to make that happen because uh, it really blew us away that we were able to do that.
1: You know what? I, I'd, I'd like you to tell our listeners a little bit about Foundation Beyond Belief itself. Like, what, what is the nature of the, of the work that Foundation Beyond Belief does? Like, what is their, what is their mission? What, where do they – because, you, obviously, you know, they approached you. They wanted you to do this. This is this must then be a mission that you strongly believe in. So Yeah,
2: so Foundation Beyond Belief embodies everything you could imagine when you think about humanism. Th- they do giving, they do volunteering, they do disaster recovery. Um, when you think humanism and you just think, Yeah, I, I care about individuals, I care about people, they put that care actually to work. And that's the difference. You know, you hear a lot of people say, Well, I'm I'm a I'm an atheist and a secular humanist. That's wonderful. But what the hell are you doing about it? Are you just saying that in conversations with religious people? Or are you putting that, your boots to the ground and making something happen? Or, or, or supporting a group that's making something happen? They go and dig wells in, in Ghana. I mean, they, 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 they have a, a Pathfinder team that travels all over the world helping people with, uh, in, in witch camps. And there are people in witch camps who have been accused of being a witch and and they, they get thrown into these witch camps, and it's so ingrained in their culture that the people in the witch camps who are wrongly accused still think that everybody else in the witch camp are also witches. And so they go out there to help help uh, educate the public, educate the populace, and and to make better living conditions for people all over the world. I mean, it's, it's amazing. If you go to foundationbeyondbelief.org, you'll see a few tabs at the top. There's one that says, Inside FBB, Humanist Giving and Humanist Volunteering. No matter what it is that you want to do, click one of those tabs and see which one fits for you uh, the best. And I really recommend you signing up to either support them monthly or, or to go on to, uh, to become a volunteer. And, and even if you don't want to travel abroad and do something like that, or you can't for whatever reason, you can volunteer as someone who is the home base for people who are traveling abroad. You can still be a part of these life-changing pro- uh, projects. And uh, Foundation Beyond Belief is the place to go. So their website's, foundationbeyondbelief.org. And uh, I absolutely love what they're doing because when you imagine secular humanism, they actually can bring it to life. And it's it's mind-boggling, you know, the, the the difference that they're making in so many lives.
1: I, I feel like what you're saying is that we should put our money where our mouth is, but I'm, I'm much more used to putting chicken wings where my mouth is, so I... Like, there's, like, a disconnect there I'm having a hard time with. See, see
2: leave it to you to take a beautiful conversation about <laughs> humanism and resort it to fucking chicken. Don't you dare you know?
1: impugn <laughs> the chicken
2: wing, sir.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, you know, one of the things that uh, you, you are very gracious to everybody who, who helped out, but, you know, you you got, your team, you and your team did a hell of a job uh, creating 24 hours worth of entertainment for people. That was fun to listen to for hours at a time, uh, and not only that, but also getting the word out and and networking enough to make sure that there was enough people to find out about this to actually make a difference in Foundation Beyond Beliefs next year's budget. Uh, you guys did an amazing amount of work, and I know I know what it's like to raise some. Tom and I have raised, has uh, done a couple of fundraisers, and we we try to. Dodge the credit, but there is some credit to be be given to you guys. You guys did a hell of a job to raise that kind of funds. Really great work for the community, David. Dogma Debate and you deserve a a hearty round of applause for all of that.
2: Huge thank you, man. I I really appreciate that. I I do want to share one little secret with you. Um, I am super, super anal about run sheets. Um, I will not start a show unless I have a run sheet, and a lot of my listeners will hear me bitch about it on air People ask, "What's next? What's going on? Can we talk about this?" I'll be like, "Can you see the damn run sheet?" I put the run sheet up on the screen for a reason. I have got this screen up in my studio where everybody in the studio can see, sort of the plan of how we're gonna how the show is gonna flow. And there's not a script; it's like a tiny little spreadsheet that has two or three words. It'll say, you know, Stephanie Gudrumson, and then at seven thirty, it'll be you know Ferguson, Missouri, and then at, at, at eight o'clock, it'll be you know uh, crazy song of the week. That's it. It just helps. It just helps us keep on schedule. Sure. And we always do guest profiles. We do a two or three page guest profile on every guest so we can have questions for them and talk to them about their lives and things. I did not do a single run sheet or a single guest profile for any of our guests. Wow. Every single thing you heard. And this was probably the most nerve wracking thing. Um, I, I've never been nervous to go on air, but I was a little nerve I was a little nerve wracked at the beginning because I realized about 18 minutes before the show that we had no planning whatsoever as far as what we were going to talk about. We had no content. Everything was focused on scheduling, testing, sound check, all the technical stuff, making sure every guest knows in their time zone how that matches up with our time zone and all this craziness that we never actually took the time to sit down and do what I consider to be the backbone of the show, which is the run sheet. And so every single thing you heard was completely uh, off the cuff ad-libbing. And it, it really put us, I think, in a, um, in a spotlight for, okay, this guest just dropped out. What are you going to do? The mics are on. And yeah. what we realize that we do at four o'clock in the morning when the guest doesn't show up is we talk about large quantities of mayonnaise from Costco and laugh until we piss <laughs> our pants. <laughs> <laughs> and and some, of these, some of those segments are actually going to be replayed on Dogma Debate over the next few weeks oh, I can't wait. Uh, during the I holiday can't break. Wait. So people are going to get to great. hear some of that. It was great. When we were
3: on, we, we got about 40 minutes, right? So it, it starts out with us. You can immediately sense your regret of having <laughs> us on. <laughs> Within the first thirty seconds, and then I could just tell it was every moment you could just wait. Just you're just waiting. You're counting literally counting the seconds <laughs> until you can stop talking to us. And at one point, you turn. You're just like you. You have run out of things because you're just hoping we don't drop an f bomb. Like all you're doing is trying to say things. You're trying to work around it to make sure we don't oh drop. And I will say AF bomb. I will say another one because Tom did one. Although drop I was one. sabotaged.
1: Somebody brought up goat cheese or goat milk. Goat milk yeah. eggnog. Yeah. That is that's yeah. that's yeah. sabotage. That deserves expletive. There's no an way expletive. not to yeah. not to utter yeah. an expletive. But
3: it was awesome because at the very end I could just tell you you were you were hoping that we would just hang up. Like we were just like, no, we're done. We're done, actually. we If
1: you if you could hear somebody's eyes looking at
2: a clock, yeah. that's exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah. no you know you know what i kept imagining during your segment i mean you, you guys were in chicago yeah. right i mean that that's where you said you yeah. you saw me or something yeah, and yeah, somebody yeah. didn't come up and talk yeah. to me by the way i still don't forgive you
3: <laughs> you were very busy you were their sound guy
2: i wasn't gonna bother you, know, that, you. Was, that was so ad hoc yeah. man i i was not supposed to be the sound you guy. were the- guy. <laughs> there were just problems with their pa it system out it, you were that guy i was like i was set up in the other room ready to do my show and i was like Oh man, the speaker is cracking and popping, and we can't hear the speaker. So I just moved all my stuff over during the lunch break and said, "Hey, I'm your new sound guy. I don't want it to sound like that anymore." And so I kind of voted myself in yeah. as sound guy. So I didn't plan on that. <laughs> you guys know Dale, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. We've we've I, I've I
3: met him once. Yeah.
2: Okay, so I've I've spent quite a bit of time with him, and he's very soft spoken, very sweet man, very caring man, and I could just I mean he. He got red in the face watching me do a live episode of Dogma Debate in Chicago. Like I saw him laughing so hard he turned red and was like covering his face (laughs) and shaking his head like I can't (laughs) believe this is happening at our event. As much as we push the envelope like Uh, on the border of AM, AM, FM radio, are we going to get a warning letter from the FCC type stuff? And so I was just the whole time imagining, I hope Dale's not listening (laughs) to this. Because Dale is just... Gotta be bright red oh. just with his hands, you know, his his face in his hands thinking, please let the hour oh. be over. <laughs> <laughs> what the best part too, David, is after that I listen and we were the bar
3: that was set for the dirtiest content and the least interesting <laughs> content. Every time there was a joke, it would be like, "Well, at least this isn't cognitive dissonance." on <laughs> it was like, That yeah, was the we running you joke up quite a bit. And yeah, yeah, for that sure. That was awesome. That's great. We we love to be the low bar. We are okay with that. And,
2: and and I learned I learned a little bit about you guys. Uh, you don't like uh, you don't like nog just as much as I don't like oh, nog. Well, we much prefer like food. I, I heard someone the other day say that they knew what nog stood for. And they said it was it stood for not okayed by government. <laughs> and I thought, I thought, I thought, I bet I could come up with a couple yeah. of things that Nog might stand for. So if you don't mind, I'll like oh, yeah, share please, those with you. Oh yeah, please, still fantastic. Oh. It's just a couple. Yeah. I thought, I thought maybe it, this should be printed like on the label. Uh, now optimized for gagging. <laughs> 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 I thought that would be a, a good one. Um, and if you if you ever have Nog in your mouth, if you're ever one yeah. of those few people who are unlucky <laughs> enough to taste it, you might refer to it as, um, necklace in overjoyed gangbang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, David, you're making me blush, David. Oh, I thought, man. <laughs> I, th- I mean, don't worry, Dale doesn't have to listen to this one. Um, and, you know, being a father, I- I've seen stuff, you know, come out of kids, and you're just like, oh, you know... Eh, the term navel-oozing gunk oh, came to oh, no, mind, no, and I thought, no. I thought that might have something to do with Nog. Um, uh, it, it, it also has a little bit of a gamey taste to it, oh, no. and I thought, uh, in tasting Nog uh, a while back, I thought, this is much like Nut of Gamecock. <laughs> I thought... a little disturbed that you were able to
1: draw that comparison Ah, yeah yeah. well trust me i've I've had a rough life okay Um, (laughs) you are an
2: outdoorsman so there you go that's awesome You know, there was one there was one uh i for some reason i don't know what it is i i can't look at or or smell or taste nog without thinking of shrek um (laughs) and so and so i thought what if there was a certain shrek brand and instead of calling it nog, they just told you what it stood for, and it's actually naughty ogre goo. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and I've got one more. Right. I've got one more All that right. I that just came to mind. It, it, it would be more along the lines of something you guys would would really enjoy, <laughs> and it's not so much what it's called, but maybe where you would find it, and that would be in the uh, nasty old glory hole. <laughs> Nicely
1: done. <laughs> <laughs> um, agencies of government, the EPA needs to be rebuilt, but there's you no can't, doubt about that. But you that. can't
3: name the third one?
1: The third agency of government, yeah. I would I would do away with the education, uh, the uh, <laughs> commerce. I, I, commerce, and let's see, Damn, uh, I can't, the third one I can't, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. First, education and the um, uh, what's the third one there? Let's see. <laughs> the
2: EPA. Um, uh, 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 EPA. There you go.
1: No. This story comes from the raw story. Rick Perry shrugs off wealth inequality. The Bible says there will always be poor people. So says the guy who is not one of the poor people. Right, exactly. <laughs> right? Hey, <laughs> nothing for me to worry about. Because I got mine. Um, this story is kind of incredible. Um, so Rick Perry, I guess, is going to make another run. He's going to talking about making another run for the presidency um, upcoming. And he's really trying to get on the side, I think, of of the great unwashed by suggesting that they stay great and unwashed. <laughs> while he walks around in his fucking douchebag glasses. Uh, David, you read this story. What did you think?
2: I, I completely agree with him. There's not a single poor person in all of Texas. I mean, I, I live here. <laughs> I, I'm right here, guys. I'm right here in Texas. Yeah, I, why right. don't I just... Hey, look. Why don't, why don't I just check for you? Let me sit here all the way out there. Ho- yeah. Hold on a second. Let me just see if I can make this happen. Hold on a second. Let's see. I'm going to open the studio door. Hey, uh, is anybody broke out there? <laughs> no? Okay. Okay, guys, look. That's a survey if I've ever seen one.
3: Nobody's yeah, broken Texas. Wow. <laughs> that's, a, that's the most scientific this show has ever been. There you
4: that's go. Amazing. That's very true. <laughs> when you hear a
2: 10-year-old <laughs> scream no, you know. Right. I
4: mean, yeah.
2: This guy, Rick Perry, man, I was so glad when he got indicted. I, I had to just go off. Uh, look, you want to talk about elite and out of touch, this guy is so far gone, he actually still thinks he has a chance to be the president of the United States. And, <laughs> and as bad as this state is, and as bad as this country is, and as hardcore Republican as most of America is, he's not going to do it. He's not going to make it. This is, this is completely ridiculous. This, I think this is even worse than uh, Mitt Romney's 47%
3: gaffe. Yeah. <laughs> What is it with uh, your your state, though? Because, you know, we're from Illinois and we recognize that our old uh, governors, they're criminals. We recognize that when oh, yeah. they get out, they're going to go directly like a, to a jail. requirement of office. They're not going to they're not going to pass go. They're going to go directly to jail. We recognize that. But Texas seems to produce these sort of sassy redneck millionaire everymen. That decide that they're gonna be the president. And it and in and in some cases actually are the president.
2: You don't think we learned our lesson with Bush? Like you I think know. we would really do that again?
3: Oh gosh. I think I think many of you would do that again in a fucking
2: heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I, I find it really interesting. Two major things out of this one story that really just kind of blew me away that I thought was hilarious. Number one, did you see in there where it says he's not just doing mock interviews, he's working with an actor from the Royal Shakespeare Company. <laughs> this is what politics has come to in this country. We are not concerned so much with their ideas and structure and management history. We want to know how good they can fucking act. That is, uh-huh. that is disgusting yep. Yep. that our country is, is to that point.
1: It would be awesome, though, if he delivered all of his speeches in like a late Victorian <laughs> accent.
2: Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> oh, he was
1: just man.
3: like, harketh! What sayest thou? It like, would be amazing because like... it'd have this sort of Texas twang to it, too. <laughs> oh, it'd be great. He just affects like a shitty fucking
1: accent. that, Like, like a bad like Ren Faire yeah. accent <laughs> is really what it should come out with. <laughs> like a really bad Renfair accent. Uh.
2: And then the guy, the guy has the nerve to say the actual quote, we don't grapple with wealth inequality here. We don't. Meanwhile, the very next line, Texas has the fifth highest level of income equality in the United <laughs> States. Thank you, Rick Perry, for understanding your constituents. But I think to be, to be perfectly fair,
1: though, I actually think he's right. Because it's clear that it, you don't grapple with
2: it. You just yeah, right. ignore it. You just <laughs> ignore it. And this is where, you know, I, I find it really, really intriguing. When I, get to, when I get the chance to sit down with a Christian uh, that is a woman or that is a gay man. That is also a believer. I find those the most interesting because I feel like the Bible is oppressive to those people. Yet those people believe and defend the book that in turn oppresses who they are. And so what I find really interesting is the white broke Republican. Yeah. I'm like you if, if you look at at a Texas voting map, you will see Dallas County where I live is blue. And then you've got Austin blue. Everything south of Houston, all the border stuff, all blue. Everything else is red. Well, what the hell else is left? You got Odessa. You know what I mean? I mean, El Paso's blue. El Paso's all, uh, Hispanic. That's blue. What you're talking about being red is all these counties where there's like nine houses and all these rednecks and, and, and all, these, <laughs> all these like broke-ass people in the middle of trailer parks like I grew up. Those are the people voting Republican. And that's kind of mind boggling because the the more liberal stances of the Green Party and the Democratic Party are what's going to help the poorer people. It's not about minorities or races or anything at this point. It's about socioeconomic inequality. And so you would think that these people who were out there in the country who are living in their you know, single wide trailer with a broke down Mazda in the front yard is going to understand that Rick Perry's elitist mindset of there not being any um, income equality in Texas would break down for them. But for some reason, even the brokest white people in the middle of nowhere vote Republican. And and this is part of what I'm, I'm, I'm excited that I'm a part of February 27th through March 1st. The Texas Secular Convention is actually happening. Um, I think it's actually in Austin. We're going to be right there on the steps. I'm giving the first speech of the day at, at a rally on the state capitol steps, uh, Friday, February 27th. And then I'm actually going to be the MC for the entire uh, Texas Secular Convention that ends on March first. So I would encourage people, if I can plug it for a second, just go to TexasSecularConvention dot org. If you're anywhere in the area, we definitely need your support because this is the type of stuff we're trying to we're trying to get rid of.
1: Well, speaking of getting rid of, um, it looks like uh, Rick Perry is trying to get rid of his uh, image as a complete fucking idiot. Um, this story from NBC News says Rick Perry is uh, claiming that he is not the same candidate who ran in the Republican 2012 primaries. He feels he can win the White House, but he says that the presidential campaign is, quote, not an IQ test. (laughs) Running for the presidency is not an IQ test, says Rick Perry. It is a test of an individual's resolve. It is a test of an individual's philosophy. It is a test of an individual's life experiences. And I think Americans are really ready for a leader that will give them a great hope about the future. Um. You're campaigning on on hope and change. I'm just throwing this out there, big guy. But uh, that was eight
2: that's years. That's fucking ago. been done. That was eight years ago. They totally uh, forgot about that.
1: That's wow. Uh, so it's a good thing. I think this is actually this plays to his favor that the presidency. And I agree, the presidency is not an IQ test. Um, I think uh, George W. Bush definitely proved that an IQ, even being able to measure one, um, is not a requirement at all. And since it's not, a, you know, Rick Perry may actually have a shot at this.
2: I, I think one of his comments about, you know, it's not about what you know, it's about what you can get done. I think technically there's something to that that has some substance. You know, if you set um, w- one of the things that impressed me about Obama when I first heard him talking about potentially running for president uh, is they would ask him, well, what would you do about this situation? And he would say, you know, I don't know a lot about that situation. He said, but my, my plan of action at first would be to gather the people that do know the most about it, and we would talk about some problem-solving ideas, we would get experts to weigh in, we would review the scientific evidence, and we would make the best decision concerning the American people. And I thought, you know, that's the best way of saying I have no fucking idea that I've heard uh, in my yeah. entire life. yeah. I thought it was a great way to say it because that's ultimately the way real problem solving works, right? You don't, when you're hired in as an expert, it's always, it's always made me nervous to be called a subject matter expert, whether I'm doing radio or, or, or technical equipment or voiceover work, whatever it is, because you know what? Expert implies you're not going to screw up and you're going to screw up even when you're an expert. So there's something to that substance. If only he hadn't said Nine thousand other things that were batshit ridiculous. Then maybe we'd be able to take him a little more seriously. But I think all he's trying to say is, "I ain't as dumb as I once was. Y'all go on ahead and give me another shot." <laughs>
1: well, he did get glasses, and those yeah. glasses make him look a little smarter. Charming. I mean, that's. It's, it's, I mean, you look at those glasses and you think, like, that's an intellectual. You can tell by the glasses. He looks like a male <laughs> version
3: of Sarah Palin. <laughs>
1: It would actually be kind of great if he named Sarah Palin as his running mate. I'll tell she didn't you, what. wear glasses. Oh my gosh, that would be amazeballs. balls. And then they both for... got confused and just started trading them back and forth. Oh just man, endlessly in their trailer. God, that would be that would be. If they could just put that fucking dream ticket together just for the sake of cognitive dissonance, nothing could possibly make me happy. You know, it's
3: funny because they have a lot in common. Not only do they have the glasses in common, but also they can't remember, either of them can't remember three pieces of information. If you remember, Sarah Palin had to write on her hand taxes and freedom or whatever when she was giving that. She's giving a speech, and she couldn't remember three simple things, and I want to say they were... They were, and they she was talking to a libertarian group, so it was something like taxes and freedom were the two things she needed to remember, and that was was scrawled on his hand, and he couldn't remember which organ, which entire branch of the government he was going to close down. Like this is these, that's a match made in heaven. That's amazing. Perry, Palin, twenty (laughs) sixteen. God,
1: it would be it. Really, would be a dream ticket. Really, you know, one thing that you said I want to seize on though is like when it when that idea that like. Well, it's not, you know, it's not your brain thoughts that are any good. It's getting stuff done. It's like, well, you got to have the thought about what you're going to get done. Yeah. Like, what, what, what makes me nervous is that he actually might be able to get shit done. Like, one thing you can't fault George W. for is he got done everything he wanted to get done. Anything he wanted to get done, he seemed to be able to push through. And, well, even anybody. when
2: he didn't, he pretended like he did it correctly. Right? Yeah. Mission accomplished. We did it. Right. No, we didn't. Yeah. Uh, Sit down.
1: Look at me. I'm on this aircraft battleship. Like that's not a thing, George. So, <laughs> okay, <battleship>. great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you got it. You got to actually have a fucking vision. Like, can you imagine, like. What is this guy's vision for the future of America if he doesn't even believe in wealth inequality, well, like has you know, a problem to solve?
2: You know, the, the big thing with, with Perry in Texas has been abortion. Um, Shocking. I with, find
1: that very surprising. Well, you know, Say that, it ain't
2: so. That was the whole Wendy Davis thing. She successfully uh, did the filibuster, and then they went in like four minutes after midnight and changed it anyway. So that was completely illegal and nobody said a damn word about it. Oh, are you kidding? Uh, No, 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 no. They just did it right there on camera. It it was for public viewing. She did it. She completed it. They were successful. And then uh, they just did it anyway and didn't care and and changed (laughs) anyway. So now as of this moment, it is illegal for a woman to get an abortion after 22 weeks. So no late term abortions, no matter what, no matter uh, if the child's life is in danger, if the child has already been predetermined that is not going to be a viable fetus, doesn't matter. Twenty two weeks can't do it. As a matter of fact, we covered a um, a situation on this sh- on 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 dogma debate um, where uh, this woman had she was pregnant and she had some sort of uh, issue where she clinically died, but um, she was I think twenty four. 23, 24 weeks pregnant and the fetus was not going to be able to make it, uh, without her being alive. And so her husband had it in her records and in her DNR records, just do not resuscitate, pull her off the machines. And both her and her husband were EMTs. So they had thought long and hard about this. They'd sat down and done their paperwork together. They'd done their living wills and he knew exactly what she wanted. She said, don't let machines keep me alive no matter what. And so he tried to, um, invoke that right State of Texas blocked him, said, we can't, she's pregnant. So basically, they had to sit there as her body was used as a cavity to grow this child. Yeah, as a a vessel. She Um,
1: becomes a pod. I mean, she's she's
2: a fucking pod. Absolutely. But because of this law, they could not uh, turn off life support because that would be murdering one of God's creations. And so eventually— After putting this family through hell for weeks and weeks and weeks, about the 29th or 30th week, I think, they had enough doctors came in and tested the fetus and tested her and said, look, this... The the bones in the fetus's legs aren't even forming. Uh, The fetus will not be able to survive on its own outside the womb. And they had enough doctors come in and say, in this already, it's ridiculous that they finally let them turn the machine off. And um, they had funerals for both the mother and for the baby. But it did not have to go that far. And it's all because Rick Perry let God get involved with the government. So that's what he wants.
1: But No, hold on a minute, because when you say it like that, it sounds bad, but you got to look at the upside that they prolonged everybody's suffering greatly, right? I mean, so at least they had that going for them.
2: Yeah, because prolonged suffering is, makes for a better—I think you get free parking in heaven or something. That's, <laughs> that's it,
3: right? <laughs> David, if people were going to find your show, uh, where would
2: they go? They would find it at dogmadebate.com and all of our good works happen over at atheistaudiobooks.com. David, thanks
3: so much for joining us and congratulations again on on raising that kind of money for Foundation Beyond Belief. You and your team did an amazing job and uh, and the atheist community and secular humanist community really appreciates all the work you did.
1: Awesome. Yeah, man, all bullshit aside, that is a tremendous tremendous accomplishment. To have a goal of 10,000 to have exceeded it by by so much because of the efforts that you and your team um, put forward to to put the broadcastathon together. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Excellent! You say yeah. that was awesome. Venom. That's it. Amazing. Really is awesome. Well, thanks. I, I appreciate it, man. I, I I was blown away by by the atheist community and and all the dogma debate volunteers that helped it happen, and you guys, of course. And I got to tell you, it still hasn't completely sunk in with me. I was I went to a doctor's appointment today, and I was with my wife, and we were we were driving home. And we were quiet for like six or seven minutes. Neither one of us said a thing. And I just turned to her and I went, thousand dollars Can you believe it? And she's like, I know.
3: That's amazing. So we're, uh, we're still
2: in shock about the whole thing. So yeah, we, uh, we're, we're blown away. So That's great. That's well, awesome.
3: David, if you ever get that seven second delay on, we'd love to come back
2: and visit you too. So. <laughs> hey, man, thanks for inviting me. I always enjoy it. You guys take care.
0: Want to contact the guys? forward slash dissonance pod or click the link on the podcast homepage and you can donate to the production of cognitive dissonance on a per episode basis if you can't spare any money take a second to give us a five-star review on itunes or stitcher or spread the word about the show we want to send a big heartfelt glory hold to all the patrons and people who rate us you fucking rock
1: this story comes from right wing watch texas pastor Dirty faggots, want to snatch and rape your kids? Uh, Pastor Steven Anderson of the Faithful Word Baptist Church in Arizona. Um, This is the same guy. This guy has said all kinds of super, super, super crazy stuff. Um, And uh, he recently ordained Pastor Donnie Romero, right? So, like, this is his fucking right hand. Like this is his masturbating right hand, um, Donnie <laughs> Romero. This is his
3: reaching around right hand. <laughs> yeah, he's got. Uh, yeah, look, t- I mean, it's only a minute and thirteen seconds worth of fucking complete hateful diatribe and screed. Do you want to hear it? No. Okay. Well, but anyway, our, I know our listeners don't either, so we're gonna play it anyway. Ugh.
4: And I'm gonna explain to you why God wants these people to be put to death. Go to Deuteronomy chapter number 23. Deuteronomy 23. The word of God is very clear that God is against the sodomites, that they're filthy, and it says that they're abomination to God.
3: You know, the thing is, is like, there's a lot of shit that's an abomination to that God. Why is it that they just happen to pick on this one thing? You know, I'm just going to look it up real quick. Here's one, Proverbs 1, 11, 1. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord. A false balance. A false balance. So I guess if like what, you're like a bad scale? No, like if you're like on a balance beam
1: and, <laughs> and you <got> like the, <laughs> the hefty kid on the one side and the a false balance, like 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 you don't have like a good work life balance. Like, I, oh man, I've been like really burning the midnight means. oil. Yeah. It's not really good
3: balance. I'm an abomination to the Lord again. Man.
1: Damn. A false
3: witness who utters Lies and who spreads strife among brothers. Oh yeah,
1: those dudes are super abominable. blood What about the abominable snowman? Is that abomination?
3: Yeah, but he. I think that comes later. I think that's in a different. That's like in fucking Yetis chapter six or something. <laughs> <like> that, <laughs> there huh? should
1: be a Yetis.
3: <laughs> and yay I shall read from the book of Yeti. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the thing is, the thing
3: is, that sounds that more sounds more like a Wampa, Tom. I don't know. Um. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's funny because because you say that, but it's it these stupid the the books that they're quoting, it might as well be right uh, an old timey story about dragons. It's the same thing. Read that. We just read Exodus, and you read Exodus, and you can't help but think this is written by an ancient people. This is ri- this abomination stuff. is like, oh, it's an abomination of the Lord. The South, the Sodomites are filthy. It's like, well, there's no such land as Sodom anymore. So who cares whether or not the sodomites are filthy? They don't exist anymore.
4: Okay, they're an abomination to God. I love that part of the Bible. And I'm going to preach that part of the Bible until the day I die. And if I ever stop preaching that part of the Bible, I hope my kids tell me, Dad, you're going soft on sin. You need to get up there and rip on these queers because it's only getting worse and worse. I'm not going to stop doing it. I'm going to preach it all the time because I, again... I, amen what Pastor Wilson said. I'm not going to let any of these dirty faggots inside my church.
3: Wow. My God. That's great. Oh, now, hold on. Do you think there's two options here? Was he greeted by gasps and horror, like a horror <laughs> feeling there? Or do you think that it was just sort of... Quiet acceptance. What kind of what kind of reception do you think a comment like that would receive? Uh, I'm going to say an amen. And it, well, let's see if you're. Right. Pastor
4: Simpson said, "I'm not going to let any of these dirty faggots inside my church." Amen. And nobody's. I'm not going to be there. amen. Sorry, that. amen. There we <laughs> go. Look in the Bible. Every time it shows the sodomites in Genesis chapter number 19 and Judges chapter number 19, they're always trying to rape and hurt other That's people. Right. They're relentless.
3: I've, I've never. Even remotely, been tried to be raped by someone who is who's gay, and I and that's the thing is I kind of hate that they that they sort of lump everybody together in that because it feels like when they say sodomy, sodomy is a it, you know there's a different definition there's a couple of different definitions for it, um, and when they say sodomite there's a couple of different definitions for it. You know, clearly a resident of Sodom is one of them, but it's that's where they refer to. People engaging in in sexual activity that they don't approve of, right? That's really what it is, and they always sort of seem to bring all the non consensual stuff back. They always seem to bring in dogs and and rape and child. Rape. They always constantly bring in like pedophilia and all these other things because they just want to they just want to amp up some sort of level of horror so people will be reactionary to it. They'll hear it and they'll say, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're constantly relentless. All the gays are constantly relentless. But I won't call them gays. I'll call them sodomites. That's how I'm going to refer to all the gay people is sodomites. Well,
1: you know, I I have to think the part of the reason they're lumping everybody together is because it's kind of hot. You know they're yeah, just maybe. pressing all those hot yeah. <laughs> lumped male <laughs> bodies together. Yeah, I mean this this whole like I mean you're right, right? Be- I mean we've talked about this a hundred times because this is the only strategy that they have left. And uh, when I see this, and he's
3: like, yeah, I'm not going to let those faggots in my church. Like nobody's trying to go to your church, right? Like what are you talking about beating your door down to be like, man? I really just want to hear what you have to say. Like
1: there's not like a bunch of like. Like, disenfranchised, like, sad fucking uh, gay people outside. Like, oh, you won't let us in your hate factory. Aw. Well, where are we going to buy our fucking hate today? (sighs) Man. Oh, hey, you want to go over to that new church? I hear they hate us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sounds like a great idea. Let's swing over to Hateville. It's on the fucking corner of Hate Town hate street and I mean this is like Westboro level crazy.
3: Well, this is the only this is the only place though where they feel safe, where they can say these sorts of things because even now they start venturing out into the into the real world when they're not secluded in their tiny little hate factory like you call it. If they even in a coffee shop, you can't just sit there and say something like this and not expect to turn some heads or to have somebody say, "Hey man, why don't you shut the fuck up?" Because you can't sit in a coffee shop and say I hate them dirty faggots because people will eventually either tell you to leave or you know tell you to be quiet or something like that. But you could sit in your in your tiny little church with your and it's so funny cuz he's got a globe that's sitting next to him. And this no. is the least worldly person I've ever heard speak in my entire life. There's like 10 more seconds of this. So let's 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 hear Let's hear them out, Tom.
4: They are relentless. They are predators, and given an opportunity to snatch one of your children, they would do it in a heartbeat.
3: (laughs) They're like they're like the woman from the fucking Hansel and Gretel. You know, it would eat your child in a second. If the gay
1: people are building their fucking fabulous homes out of candy, (laughs) (laughs) delicious, fabulous homes, you know, you hear this and it's just like fear, fear stuff, fear. You have nothing. Don't think. Just fear. Just. Quiet. Don't just quiet the part of your brain that works. Just always yeah. feel fear
3: when you're not. If, you, if you're thinking, you're not fearing enough. Exactly. This this sermon is basically an amber alert. <laughs> It'd be great if you just went up there and was like meh, meh, mac. <laughs> it's like meh. A, it's like an amber alert for people who don't know how to think. <laughs> yeah this guy's beard is balls. <laughs> he looks like he, he looks this guy now go to this go to this website this is from the telegraph it's on this episode episode show notes one 196 this guy looks like he just walked off the deck of the hms majesty like an english warship doesn't he look like an old-timey like like he looks like fucking francis drake for christ's sakes if they if they pan this
1: camera down, I would be concerned if there were two legs. I would
3: <laughs> I, ex- I look at this guy, yeah. I expect a peg yep. and a long sermon Absolutely. about the white whale. I know the thing is is I know that there's a parrot somewhere off screen because there's a saber on screen. <laughs> so this this this
1: angry uh Muslim pirate <laughs> Yar, um, <laughs> yar, <laughs> tis Omar Bakri Mohammed. Yar, bravo! Yeah, join me on my hate-filled voyage of anger and disappointment. Um, so he's 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 on Facebook um, preaching the uh, killing of women and children. Um, so he's been openly preaching on Facebook because we all know that um, you know the kids these days <laughs> when they're on the Facebooks. <laughs> Looking for a good sermon, yeah, on Facebook, right? Yeah, they're gonna stumble across uh, this guy. Now, he, this is the same guy who was banned from Britain. Um, he's facing terrorism charges in Lebanon, and he's been using Facebook because I guess like nobody actually wants to see his actual face um, to preach this <laughs> kind of nonsense. Um, and some of the things that he's been saying is, um, you know, that it's okay. He's he's basically extolling the virtues. Of uh, killing women and children, and in case, in case, in case there's any confusion, it's in a section titled "quote, killing women and children." <laughs> so it's not like you could misinterpret this, right? No and so he's clarifying yeah. right. the Muslim position, right? Um, saying that you have to distinguish between killing women and children. And the Mujahideen killing the Kafur or Kafir kefir, I don't know, kefir. the non-believers
3: wherever I, they find them. I kill a kefir every week. I love like, kefir. I just yeah, I pour it's it delicious. on my. I put it on my kashi. It's delicious. There's <laughs> kefir on my kashi. <laughs> it's like the most. It's the most hippy thing I do. Is eat kefir and kashi. <laughs> oh wait, you know. Back in the... And it's funny, too, because he does look, like I said earlier, he looks like a ship captain. Right. But Yarrr. I always thought that they were more interested in helping the women and children on the ships when they're going down. Isn't that kind of their mantra, women and children first? Maybe that's what he's saying. We need to kill the women and women children Women and first. children first. Right. <laughs> they're easier prey. Exactly. Right? Women
1: and children first. They're yeah. easier targets for cowards. Um, You know, I mean, I guess I guess I'm I'm being a little I'm being a little disingenuous because he does. Again, he further clarifies. Right. um, That when you when you are killing women and children, um, it's only allowable if they're hiding in such militarily strategic places like hospitals and schools.
3: Right. Yeah. No. Look, I recognize the strategic necessity of hospitals and schools, and so does the U.S. That's why we blow them up sometimes <laughs> on accident. And, and I used the air quotes there, Tom, when I said accident. I was like, right, on accident. Right. We, yeah. killed, we killed another hospital on An accident. When,
1: when your worldview has room, when you're sitting around like, oh, God, I'm, I'm being misunderstood. I need to take to Facebook to clarify and really make crystalline yeah. my, my thoughts on when and where children... And women should be murdered. This is the same guy who is responsible for, um, you know, according to this article, um, he's responsible for radicalizing um, the, the Michael Abadujujlu. Oh, that's close. Um, I think I, know, that's I, think close. I, I nailed that. Yeah. Who murdered uh, that Rigby guy outside the barracks in Woolwich. Um, this is the same guy. Like, he is, they, they do say that he has been responsible for um, pushing. Uh, Muslims within the British community and ISIL. So I, I, I guess the, the problem is that, like, if you if you have a worldview that has any room for this shit and then you can back it up by your fucking book. Right. Like it would be wouldn't it be easy if the if the if the Quran were true? Wouldn't it be really easy if the Quran were really true and it was written by a just and merciful God um, or inspired by a just and merciful God? It would be easy to write a book that could not be misinterpreted, right? I exactly. actually think that that would yeah. be an easy task. Right. Yeah, I don't think that there's anything difficult about creating a moral text um, that cannot be used to justify the the killing of women and children. Um, you know, there there are there are any number of secular philosophers whose works could not be used um, to justify the slaughter of women and children in schools and hospitals. The, the, the point is, like, this is a religious, like, there's a religious set of ideas that can be manipulated and are being manipulated. And the guy's not, like, screaming into the void with this shit, like... He's actually making headway.
0: Mine eyes have seen the glory hole whilst coming with the Lord. And he's rubbing out a vintage since his girth is quite engorged. He hath loosed his seed and immaculate stream from his terrible stiff sword. His truth is just BS. Glory, glory, glory ho! Glory,
1: glory, glory ho! So this story comes from the Friendly Atheist blog. Uh, Wisconsin priest who accused atheists of shunning beauty, fun, and civic-mindedness is cited for indecent proposal. Uh, Monsignor Bernard McGardy, probably mispronounced that, um, was uh, the same guy who he penned this bizarre letter about how the atheists hate Christmas lights and yeah. were no fun. Right. Um and I guess this guy, at least, I mean, he may have something, because he sure knows how to party. He does. When he's getting a massage.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. He
1: is not shy about uh, asking for the happy ending. Right. He's an 89-year-old man. Uh, he was receiving a massage <laughs> oh, when he lifted man. the coverings of his groin and asked the masseuse to rub his genitals. When she refused and ran from the room, he called her derogatory name. So, I mean, at least the guy knows
3: how to party. He knows how to have a good time by debasing women. Yeah, I'm, look, I, I don't, I don't know that I could hold anything against uh, Monsignor and Bernard McHandy here. I think that <laughs> I think that this guy is, he's, he's got it totally right when he talks about how atheists are fucking joyless human beings, though, doesn't he? I mean, this guy really. It, there's this great bit that he goes on where he's talking about how we can't appreciate, I guess, Mozart, Beethoven, or any of the. We're, that would be offensive to our ears because for some reason we just like hate music.
1: Yeah, what don't does that you, even. I mean, mean, you hate music, see? So you would never go out of your way, for example, to l- listen to religiously themed right. music just
3: because you <laughs> happen to like just the way that Just because I sounds. happen to like it, right? Yeah. I just recently went to a Christmas show. It's like a Christmas, uh, I don't want to call it a pageant, but it's like a Christmas uh, concert. That gets put on every year. It's in a church in the middle of Chicago, and uh, and you go to this concert, and it's just this uh, entire chorus or choir. I don't know what's I don't know what the difference is, to be honest with you. Um, where there's a whole group of I would say there had to be at least two hundred people in the in the choir, and then they have uh, like an opera tenor singer, and then they have a full orchestra, and they play. Christmas songs, and it they they do a light show, and it's beautiful. It's absolutely wonderful. They and they're every single one. They're not singing fucking Frosty the Snowman either. They're singing they're singing really religious songs like "O Come, Emmanuel" and things like that, like stuff that you rarely hear unless you're listening to a religious service. But I still go because I think it's gorgeous. I think it's a beautiful concert. It's put on by people that are either professionals or or going to be professionals. Uh, I really like the Christmas season. I really enjoy Christmas, and I—I I don't. It doesn't bother me that people like Jesus. Like it doesn't—it doesn't affect me. I'm just okay. Great, you like Jesus. I like the music. Both of us can sit here and enjoy it. There's no praying. They just happen to sing, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I enjoy it every year that I can go. I go. I think it's a wonderful time. And uh, and I know there's a lot of other people like that that like enjoy Christmas. And happen to be atheists. I know that you don't enjoy Christmas, but I don't um, enjoy things. Yeah, I, you know, I, you it, it, you might not enjoy it, but you certainly put a lot of work into Christmas, right? Yeah, well, you still I, recognize- I was going to say
1: it's like the 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 joyless atheist Cecil. Came to the joyless atheist Tom's house and played joyless Santa for my right. children. <laughs>
3: exactly. And you've done it for fucking seven years. Yeah, exactly. And it, and I will do it until the little one says no more, right? right. Until the little it's... one is like, ah, I'm done with that. I can't... Okay, I'm 35. Stop. <laughs> Cecil, please leave me alone. <laughs> Don't come near me anymore. Actually, the restraining order makes it so you can't come near me. You're playing Santa in fucking June, for Christ's sakes. What is wrong with you? You know the thing is, like I like the the atheist. Um,
1: I don't know, man. I, I like we get to have more fun, right? Because yeah. we can we can pick and choose without guilt the parts of religious traditions and religious ceremonies that we think are valuable and are interesting or beautiful, um, and then we never have to feel bad, right? Like we don't ever have to feel bad about stuff. You want to talk about a more joy filled worldview? Between, you know, Catholicism <laughs> and atheism? Yeah. Like, well, look at- how much sex guilt do I have? Yeah, oh, I exactly. don't know. I have zero
3: sex guilt ever yeah. and never, ever will have any sex <laughs> guilt. You know, it's it's so funny when you talk about that, Tom, because it's, it's so true. We take the best parts of Christmas. I know my wife and I take the very best parts of Christmas and forget all the other stuff. We take the community, right? We take getting together with friends and family during the Christmas season. And there was a part of this, uh, this, this, concert that I went to where they actually there's a speaker who says this he says the best part about Christmas and it was a woman this year actually who was who was doing all this she said the best part about Christmas is that Christmas isn't just a day it's a season it's a whole season worth of time you're talking about 30 or plus days worth of time that people are getting into the spirit of Christmas I mean there's it's not like in the middle of June somebody's like hey you know happy fourth of July season or that sort of thing nobody does that but christmas has this sort of season built up around it where there's this this level of goodwill that is done so people go out of their way to help each other out and i know some people think that that's total bullshit i actually don't think it's i don't think it's bullshit I, i know that people go out of their way to help other human beings at this time of year i know i donate more at this time of year especially for people who are looking to you know um Looking to feed themselves, I almost always donate to the food pantry at this time of year in a in a sizable amount because I know it's 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 necessary. And I was one of those families when I was growing up that didn't have a fucking pot to piss in, and we got a free turkey one year um from the food pantry. Just stop by with a whole big box of groceries, and we were going to be eating fucking like, craft dinner for Christmas, and we got a huge turkey and a whole bunch of stuff, and it was just given to us by of like, people that wanted to help another family out that Christmas and we had a Turkey and it was a fucking amazing thing when, you know, my family was out of work when I was young. And so I'd like to pass that on to other people. I recognize the necessity of, you know, community. I recognize the necessity of, of being with family and, 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 and find and building those bonds that, that help you, um, Relate to your family and 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 really just make you love your family. I I I love the idea of giving. I I love those 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 very positive things that come out of this season. I think it's great. The idea that I would that this guy says that I have no capacity for that. You know, look, both of us are human beings. You have the capacity to enjoy Mozart. Great. You you enjoy Mozart, so do I. You have the capacity to enjoy a hand job. Hey, so do I. <laughs> I I like a good hand job, just like the next guy. I just happen to don't. I just don't ask random people for it. And I mean, it's not really that random. Uh, but you know, I think that this guy's watched a lot too much, way too much internet to think that he's going to get a wind up with a happy ending at the very end of his massage. Right, yeah, I mean that's that's something you gotta scope that out first, you really do have to play that you gotta you gotta make sure you ask the right questions when you're looking that massage <laughs> that's a right place at the right time, it totally is, yeah,
1: and not by accident, yeah. sort of a scenario there, exactly but I guess when you're eighty nine years old, I mean, what's there to lose? The guy got a two hundred and fifty dollar ticket and a slap on the ass, and that's it, yeah, yeah,
3: I mean, he was hoping for a slap on the ass, actually, right? I mean, he was really looking forward to it. He was looking for maybe maybe he was looking for her to like massage the prostate too. I don't know. You know what I Who mean? Who knows? I mean it's a full service place. <laughs> they check your dipstick. You know what I mean? They just the whole the whole nine yards. Lubricate yeah,
1: I, all the uh bearings.
3: Yeah, I I can't imagine though, somebody looking forward to grabbing his, you know, fucking fist sized chicken skin balls. You know what I mean? An eighty nine year old man. That's like that's like two Cornish hens hanging between your legs. Oh my god! (laughs) You know Uh. what I mean? Uh. Uh. We are done with this story. (laughs) Uh. Uh. It's like two plucked Cornish hens fighting when they walk. You know what I mean? God! It's just amazing. What is happening? It probably smells like gravy too. I mean, let's just (laughs) no. Skeptic's creed. Skeptic's creed.
4: No oh god I
1: gotta I gotta like look at pictures of puppies or something for like seven
3: hours now. God You know the thing is is the older you get the more your face does resemble your balls. So I mean (laughs) look at this guy The guy does have, like, a fucking droopy drawers sort of a look to his face. Look underneath his chin and tell me it doesn't look like testicles. You know what I mean?
1: That fucking waddle. He's a waddle up top. It's a waddle at the bottom. It's all good. (laughs) He actually looks like, you know what he looks like to me, honestly, is he looks like that, uh, do you remember that show that had, like, a priest detective guy? Like, he used to solve a bunch of fucking mysteries. Priest detective.
3: Yeah, this is a fucking Wait, priest that solves mystery. Hold on a second. You can't crawl. You can't. You can't have two professions like that.
1: Yeah. Hey, priest who solves crimes. Let's see what the <laughs> fuck. Father Dowling. <laughs> I've never heard of it. He looks like Father Dowling. I mean, I've like, never heard of it. He looks kind of just. Well, oh, I see it. That's oh. Tom Bosley. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he does look like Tom Bosley. He looks like Tom Bosley. Oh, happy days are here again. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to thank David Smalley, of course, for joining us. David uh, did just some wonderful work with him and his crew, Dogman Debate crew, on uh, raising all that money. Uh, we wish the best for David and the rest of his group. We hope that they get some rest now after the 24 hours straight on the air and things, we hope that they can get some uh, some good rest. We're very happy for Foundation Beyond Belief. And just so you know, Foundation Beyond Belief is close to their goal for the, the money for next year. So if you're thinking about giving money, if you missed uh, the chance to give money to the 24 hour podcastathon, you know you can make an opportunity now to give a little money to Foundation Beyond Belief. Try to get them to that goal so that they can have a full, fully funded uh, a year next year and they don't even have to worry about fundraising until next year uh, it'll be a great thing uh, for them to, to have that kind of money to work with and they they do they do just do amazing work so we want to thank David if you're looking for David show go to dogmadebate.com, uh and you can find David show he records he actually uh, has a live show on Wednesdays at seven Eastern uh, six central
1: yeah wouldn't it be awesome if foundation beyond belief just started 2015 needing no money right like if they got to focus amazing. you know one, one thing that the, the, I want to say real quick is like it, it's it's kind of a shame that these organizations that have they have to spend so much of their time and energy um, fundraising to do good wouldn't it yeah. be great if for just one year they got to spend all of their time and energy just doing the good Yeah, and not having to worry
3: about the fundraising we're so close to making that happen as a community it would be wonderful to see well, this is going to be a short show no email this time but we are going to leave you as we always do with the skeptics creed credulity is not a virtue it's
1: fortune cookie cutter mommy issue hypno babylon bullshit couched in scientician double bubble toil and trouble pseudo quasi alternative acupunctuating pressurized stereogram pyramidal free energy healing water downward spiral brain dead pan sales pitch late night infodocutainment.
2: Hey, didn't you ask for an isolated sound clip of me? One of my producers told me they had to pull some stuff for you.
3: They did. Uh, let me let me play it for you. This is uh, this is. Um, let me just get it up. Hold on. Give me one second.
1: It only oh. takes him a second to get it up. It yeah, th- yeah,
3: it yeah literally a second. a second to get it up. I mean, it's so fast. You I'm would have, He's like a fourteen year old boy.
1: Alan
2: Cecil are the funniest guys. Yeah, ever. yeah. For about <laughs> seven minutes, and then I'm going to shoot them both. <laughs> <laughs> What did I say for about seven minutes, and then? What? Then you want to shoot us both? That's what you said. Wait, I said, and I want to shoot them both. Play yeah, it you again.
3: said.
1: Play it again. Okay. Tom and Cecil are the funniest guys.
3: Yeah. Now this
2: holiday yeah, season. Yeah. For about seven minutes, and then command. I want to shoot them both. Petco can help with. Thousands of on sale. <laughs> oh my God, what time did you guys call in? That must have been late because I. <laughs> oh man, Joy, love pets. I don't remember saying that. I remember the seven-minute thing. I don't remember threatening to kill you both.
3: Yeah, no, it was that was a uh, that was during Andy Wilson's hour so at that point oh. you had been up for like 20 straight hours. Yeah, you were pretty slab happy. Otherwise yeah, you, you probably would pretty have slap killed slap us both. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, David, if you ever get that 7 second delay on, we'd love to come back and visit you too, so <laughs> um,
2: Sounds great, man. Yeah, I'm actually uh did, did you guys get the whole clip? of Cognitive Dissonance or just a couple of short clips
3: we, we, didn't, we didn't get the, the I recorded the whole thing myself but we were told um, specifically not to uh, not to play it because you guys are going to be playing it so
2: yeah that's that's what I was going to say you guys are going to be featured on either the next episode or the episode after that either the, either December 24th or December 31st I'm going to replay the whole hour uh, of us together
1: oh that's awesome
2: yeah, yeah let us know as, as soon
1: as you know ahead of time so we can you know tweet it out and Facebook it out and Sure. That'd be great. What is happening?
2: What is that?
1: What what is going on with the sound?
2: I don't know. Liesl, can you hear that? Yeah, I can. I don't
1: know, man. It's not on my end. It's like weird Spanish football (laughs) commercials.
3: Really? (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea. Are you looking at porn? What's going on there? It's like gladiator porn.
2: My studio doesn't have any holes in it. So maybe it's (laughs) you guys.